The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Does the ceremonial start? That sounded like a pour from a bottle that could have been cleaned and reused. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> well, uh, as as our glass expert picks it up. Right, looks at it and goes, yeah, no. Like, we'll check that out. Fail. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the winemakers. Yeah. Episode 256. Really? Yeah. You know oh, that, wow. huh? Uh, well, Artie just had me send him links so he could put it out for the last one. So I saw that it was two fifty five, like like literally moments ago. Yeah. I'm not that smart. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, I have to say, you know, shout out to our friend Artie. Um, what an amazing podcast. Yeah, and um, so much feedback from people. Oh, totally. I, I I don't know about you. Um, it's been crazy. It's our crazy. our friend and wine club member and florist for the Tasting House, Laura Aguiar, um, wrote like a dissertation in response to this long i'll share it with you guys yeah, please do um yeah. it's, there's you know there was a lot of thought deep thought generated uh uh last week so yeah again thanks i still trying to figure out how he sells his wine without you, I, you can't freaking buy it i don't know but it makes it that much cooler i guess yeah. i uh, you know if i had my way would have never put a sign on the tasting house Ta- you have to know to come in here right, <laughs> right. they might see the tie-dye yeah, that's, well, that's the idea. Yeah. That's, that's the idea. Uh, let's talk about today's show, shall Absolutely. we? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, First, Bart, let's do some congratulations. Oh, well, yes. I'm sorry, Brian. I didn't realize that we were going to lead with that. Well, I so, um, Get it out of the way. So, yeah, you're right. Um, so, uh, one of our guests today is um, April. Uh, April Nall from Nall Family Winery. Um, uh, and was it Monday morning? That Monday, the morning top? Yeah. Monday morning, yeah. I was perusing the internet and the top 100, you know, the Wine Spectator teased us for a really kind of boring top 10 yeah, list. Yeah, lack- lackluster. At least for things that we cared about. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then the top 100 came out, and I'm start at the top and work my way down. And the f- one of the first ones I really kind of got excited about was you guys. Yeah, we were happy to see that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm representing Andrew and Doug and Lee. So yeah, I mean, um, um, so the, so the the 2019 Null Dry Creek, um, Dry Creek Zen, mm-hmm. um, that was it, and it was number 32. Number thirty-two, yeah. and and the thing about it is, and the, we're getting to taste one of the last bottles left on yeah, the planet, pretty much, right? yeah. Right, and and other friends of the pod on the list, and they were all top, um, top fifty. Viviana Gonzalez Rabbit. Yep. Will uh, Buckland. Will Buckland. Yep. And then Hansel. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. And let's not leave out uh, Maya Dalavale rounding oh, out number one hundred yep. with the DBO. Yep. yep. So clearly. The folks at Wine at Wine Spectator must listen to the show and choose their wines based on the fact that they've been previous guests on our show. I mean, I don't know. Uh, do obviously. you think they like? Do you think they had the information to see saw who had the highest um, listenership? Right. Who who had the them? most hits on the podcast and put them on there? I I wish. Maybe maybe um, Uncle Bobby's new best friend Marvin Shankin can work on that for us. 
<laughs> so April, I mean, you guys had to be pretty excited, right? Oh, we were. We really were. I mean, it's Dry Creek Valley Zinfandel, moderate alcohol, not jammy, not hot. Right. Coming in number 32. That yeah. was nice. We yeah. got a little pep in our step. Did Did Doug get excited? Um, <laughs> or did he just kind of like go yes, back he to did. work? I could tell he was really excited. <laughs> Because he, 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 he was smiling when, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For two hours on Monday morning. I and mean, then, you know, and then, legendary and then, winemaker. He's been doing it a long yeah. time. And I know you guys have gotten good write-ups before. Yeah, the wine spectator, spectator yeah. Um, it's kind of come around full circle yeah. because um, uh, wine spectator put uh, Nall and I forgot what else um, on the cover. And that right. kind of started Doug. Right. I think it was 1992 that they got on the cover. Right. But don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not totally sure. You can yeah. fact check it with the phone. Oh, fact check, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's got to be a framed cover somewhere. <laughs> there is. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations. Thank you. Can't wait to taste it. We're, we're proud to be representing Dry Creek. And of course, the irony is it's all sold out, right? That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want this wine. Hey, but the 2020 is very similar. <laughs> Perfect. And, 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 and actually, well I heard the 2020 um, was better. Maybe some people were thinking. It's very, it actually really is similar. So check it out. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Sam, now it's on to you. Apparently there's guests at the front door. They're texting me. Well, I think they, I think they just walked by. Yeah. They're, well, they're wandering, trying <laughs> to figure out. Bailey, there's people at the front door. Okay, I'm going. This Go. is Kurt, great. Hurry. This is great. Great, great radio. Did they see the sign or is there no sign so, up there? <laughs> so the sign that is on the front door right now and has been since we opened in 2015, uh, one side of the sign says open and the other side says out in the vineyard and has my cell phone number oh, okay. because That's when cool. we opened it was it was me and Paul. And if we weren't here, we were somewhere else because it was all right here. Uh, so text me and we'll show up. Right. Likely uh, not in the vineyard. though. Well, somewhere it's near a vineyard. Maybe there's vineyards. Um, but we've never changed that. So people all the time sort of there's a who is it there's a rapper mike jones who put his cell phone number in like an early album and people still like call him and text him on it all the time that's <laughs> we're not at all like that but kind of like that i like it yeah. so i just got a text actually that's pretty smart because you probably are in the vineyard a lot i'm somewhere a lot i don't <laughs> know where i am the golf courses that are near golf courses near vineyards count. Uh, you know in the sierras hanging out with uh friends there you go, there you um, go. in a winery Agreeing with whatever Isabel says, uh, right. <laughs> you know, all the places that I should be. Uh, but let's introduce our honored guest today, Karen McNamara yep. of Conscious Containers. Yep. Uh, Karen and I had been talking back and forth uh, for s months about having her on the show, um, and then of course I was inspired by the fact that there was a nice write-up that included both of you uh, in. The Chronicle. Uh, I think it was Aster. Um, yep. And this is a topic that we have been brought up a, a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, started with Diana Snowden. Yeah. And um, D D Diana t told us to talk to you. So she was also a link in there that, that brought you up. Right. And and the concept is reusing our wine glass, wine bottles, reusing the glass. Exactly. Reuse, no recycling. Not the better Not, than yeah. a closed, a closed -er loop than... Recycling, Closing, which may yes. which may or may not actually be a real thing. Yes. Um, so, give us the you know thirty second you know ten thousand foot view. Maybe it lasts for two minutes. It doesn't matter. Um, and then we'll we'll go from there. Explain conscious containers and and how you got there. Um, and then we'll talk about how it works. 
How much time do we have? It's, it's <laughs> unlimited. We, we, you know. Yeah. I Believe me, I listen to pretty much all of your podcasts. Okay, great. So, so you know that the so time, time doesn't yes. matter. Yeah. It's a conversation, which I which I think is a great format. Great. So, no, I really, uh, uh, Pat, one of our mutual friends, uh, told me about you and the podcast, and I started listening. And really talking, <laughs> the conversation is, I started on this journey because I had seen refillable systems exist around the world and they've been existing forever. We had it here and it went away. There's, I can talk a lot about that, but really these refillable systems are, are, they make sense. The reason they still exist is because they're profitable, you know, Coke and Anheuser-Busch, you know, they didn't get rid of those refillable systems because they're profitable. And now the, the icing on the cake is that they're sustainable. Oh my goodness, right? We're not, we're reusing those bottles and the sustainability numbers are huge. And then more recently, kind of the icing on the cake with this whole concept is we now have ESG, environmental, social, and governance, that's coming down from a federal perspective that's very financially oriented, mm-hmm. that's saying, you know, especially publicly held businesses is that if you go out and say i'm going to be x sustainable by x year you by george just can't be saying that you need to show us how you're going to get there and what's been happening over the years is you know a lot of these beverage producers and so forth have have been making these claims and not delivering and esg says you know you need to make that claim you need to tell us how you're going to get there and that's going to impact your financial standing yeah. in the marketplace and so that to me is like it's like you know there's it's the cherry on top of that cake so the momentum and i've been working on this for about 6 plus years uh is that we are at the inflection point right now and i was just on a call before before we got together with a refill reuse small group that upstream is running and and all the pieces are there in regards to we need to do it now we need to get the investment to do it and the marketplace is ready and what i know after all this time and i started in the beer category i know a lot about craft beer you know they've kind of they have migrated mostly to an aluminum can is that the wine industry is the right place for returnables to to move forward especially here in California, because first of all, you all are wine, you're all farmers. I mean, I grew up, I was in 4-H, you know, I was in the city, so I had to have rabbits because <laughs> all my friends had cows and cows and such. So yeah. the only thing my parents will easier, let me have easier is- Easier to breed rabbits though, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> let me tell you. On their own? I've got, st- <laughs> so, so I, you're, you're, you're very, very close to the challenge that climate is, 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 uh, presenting to us because of what we've been doing. So I believe winemakers are farmers. They get it. Number two, I think based on all the time I've spent in this space, the wine industry in particular is out front in in regards to sustainability, you know, regenerative farming. You know, I think the industry is is ahead of any other beverage category that's out there. And so you're, you're very well positioned. And winemakers, the last piece I'll say is that winemakers and the wine industry have no preconceived notion of what a returnable system needs to look like. And this is just what I said on this call previous that I was on with a small group is that, you know, the, the, the soda industry and the beer industry, they run these systems and they're only looking at it within the confines of, of what they know. 
where they have to own the whole system. It has to be my bottles, it has to be my distributor, it, you know, my infrastructure. And the wine industry to me is much more open because it's like, well, how can we go do this? What are the options? And I can talk for hours about this, but I really, I am so stoked and excited about the wine industry and the uptake that we've had with folks like, and that's why I, I asked April to be here, is we have champions, Diana Snodosais. I mean, we're, we're warriors working from two different continents in, in different capacities. And, you know, April's part of that. There's a lot of other wineries and I'm sure more to come. Uh, but Okay, so can we, can you tell us, I mean, I think I know that I had ideas of what I thought was actually happening at this point. Um, after talking with you guys, I know that that's not exactly there yet. Mm. We're still a ways away from that. Um, can you tell us where we're at? I mean, you know, the thought of um, there's there's tell us where we're at right now. Okay. Or like Bart, frame it in the in the text in the concept like. You're you're a winemaker. Okay. You're interested so, right, right. So, in in getting involved. I mean, maybe April should be doing this, but 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 yeah, I'll, I'll say it. So so I I I was excited about this. I called some of my restaurants and said, you know, would you do this? I presented to the taste or presented to their uh, staff. They said, yeah, we'll hold bottles for you. Um, when it came right down to it, it hasn't been quite as easy. It's not like it's if it's been a month, I haven't picked up four cases, you know, a case a week. Um, so it has its challenges just getting people to think about it. Um, then you know, what I'm doing is I'm processing my own glass and I'm going to hold on to it and decide whether to, you know, when to use it. Um, but at this point, if I was collecting, if I was a winery and I had 20 cases a weekend and I was keeping it, is there somewhere to, for me to send to have it cleaned at this point? If it has labels on it, not quite yet. Okay. Okay. So, so that's the other thing is this, and that was the other thing that I found out is a beautiful I, accident. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, my labels come off there. The glue is water soluble. I talked to uh, Margo over at Paragon printing. She was appalled to hear that that was happening. I said, actually, it's going to work out really good, you know? <laughs> um, uh, but on the other hand, when I did go pick up some bottles at this restaurant, I grabbed some other, you know, colleagues wine bottles to kind of see, you know, they looked like mine. The, the restaurant was like, can you take more? Cause if they don't have to recycle as much, well, what I found was them is their, their labels are glue labels and they don't come off. I mean, you have to scrape, 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 scrape. And the amount of Soaking time rubbing alcohol. Would, yeah. Or something like that. So therefore that is, that is something that we learned very quickly that is not going to be as easy. And we knew that from Diana. That's why she was talking about it. So, um, April thoughts. I'm sorry. I kind of, um, well, I know that we're bottling with Karen's glass in February. Okay, so and that's I'm so that getting... is what we can be doing. As far as like what I'm talking about, like trying to collect glass and clean glass. Um, can you speak to that? Yeah. So what's happening is we're building out this solution is it we're creating the roadmap. And we're just we're 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 as we work with wineries and folks like yourself. We're, we're finding where those paths are. So the first thing is, is when wineries call us to say, I want to be involved. And the first thing we say is you have to get into a wash off label. Right. And this is what April, you know, she goes, what do I need to do? So that was the first step. 
Um, and what what we do, there are solutions out there and we can point wineries to that. And some wineries like yourself probably already have a wash off, sounds like a wash off yeah, label. So that's really the first the first enabler for, for the wash off okay. system. But then the other pieces, because the barriers are, are, are longer there, in order for us to get the business up and running, what we discovered is in California, there's over 2.9 billion bottles packaged annually. And out of that- 2.9 so billion bottles of wine. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. So it's just based on the number of cases, right? Yeah. So what we did is we looked at, okay, on production lines, there is excess bottles, right? There's end runs. There's always extra bottles. You know, they come off for decant and so forth. So what we said is, okay, why don't we just go and grab those bottles and those that can be washed and they have no labels on them, uh. right? So that barrier can kind of sit over here is let's start to just get the wheels turning and begin to rescue, for lack of a better word, the bottles that are perfectly good, right? right? So mm -hmm. that's where April, she's looking for particular bottles. And as we talk to winers, we say, what are you looking for? When do you need them? And what is that inventory that some of it we have control over, some of it we don't, right. uh, because there's excess. And I can speak openly, openly about Jackson family. We're starting to, we've already, we have a commercial agreement in place to work with them on getting their excess glass which is a lot of the same skew, not necessarily, a lot of it's uh, screw caps, Delvin. Right. But so those are the two avenues by which we can turn this engine on. Right. Because awesome. what, what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to create this new marketplace while we're trying to build a startup. Right. I can tell. I, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's, so that's, that's, it's that same thing we talked about. Like you have to start somewhere. And if that's what starts it, which helps funding the rest of the stuff, then, and, and you're still making a dent in all this glass. I, I know, you know, if Sam, you've had a bottling and you have, you know, a pallet and a half left, you know, what do you do? What do you do with it? <laughs> I, I, I just speaking from doing inventory the other day, there was, there was some shiners is what we call them. Shiners, the ones that don't have labels on them. And I said, you know, they had a post-it note on the top of the box. And I said, what are these? And he's like, Oh, it's in between runs when we were doing the Marsan and the Viognier. So of course I'm like, well, I need one of those bottles. Um, but, but yeah, you have those bottles and I, I think. No, I, I was talking about empty glass at the oh, end. Oh, empty glass. Like at the end. Oh, yeah. So, right? and then I happened to be in a warehouse the other day moving five pallets of empty glass right. around. And, um, and, and a lot of times the problem is in, in a mid-sized winery to small winery is you sit on that and it gets buried and you forget about it. And then it's kind of lost to you. Um, and I know I've worked at large wineries where you would have, you know, several hundred cases yep. left and you know and then you hold on to it and you come around to it the next year when you go back to bottle that same bottle and the winemaker says we're not using that glass it's been sitting in the warehouse for a year right um, when it might be perfectly good exactly. but that's what happens so the fact that what you're talking about is you guys are going to come in and purchase this stuff and then reprocess it and then resell it right well so in that scenario where you have, I call it end run, right? You have extra glass. Quite frankly, you can ship that with no labels on it. Yeah. We can wash that. Right. And a lot of times we have got, we had an order from one of the packaging producers before we had any kind of operation. They had 700,000 bottles 
that had been shipped up from South America and they were bloomed. And, and it was a high school friend who just had been, he goes, I've been following you. <laughs> and he called me and he said, can you wash these? And it was before we were set up. We can do that if there's no labels on it right, right. now, we can wash those. And what's really beautiful is that you ship them to us. It's called contract washing. We, you pay us to wash it and then it goes back to you. Right. And so for those who don't know what bloom is, um, can you explain that? Because there are, there are, there are probably people in the wine industry that don't know exactly what that is. And there's definitely uh, consumers that don't know what that is. So I'm not a scientist like Diana was. <laughs> oh, no, you don't have to be. It's just. But, it, it, but it's simple. It's the glass just starts to kind of degrade after a while if it's been sitting around, especially if there's moisture. And sometimes the, it blooms on the outside, but it's mostly on the inside of, of the glass where it starts to leach out a bit. Um, we just got an order from a large winery. Or we're waiting to find out what it is. And it, it was dusty. It's right. out in the Central Valley. Right. So it's a bunch of bottles that are they it, it's it's more cost effective for them to send it to us to to clean right. than it is to throw it away in recycling they right. need those bottles i mean it's what i understood it's just it's like temperature change will make it do it um <clears throat> dust um moisture uh, happens to the glass it happens yes. to the glass when it sits in the cases so <laughs> if, if you go and find some and you don't notice as much in darker colored glass but in a flint right. glass you would notice it and it just looks like a slight haze and and it it might not make any difference at all maybe I just but if you had the ability haze. right, right. <laughs> always so it's, it's I, I know a great example is if you if you've got wine glasses that have been sitting up in your yeah. up in your your shelf and it's like oh my god you know those are, here comes my grandmother and they've been sitting there for, you know, several years. You pull them out and they're kind of kind of have a film on them. Mm -hmm. Or, or even even when you get new glasses, so it's something that can it washes off. Yeah, yes. it can be washed off. Correct. And in, in, in a in a washing situation that that I will say has caustic in it. So you need to really clean. Right. You know, proper cleaning. Um, is there a limit on how many times a bottle can be reused? <laughs> it depends. Okay. So there are refillable glass bottles around the world. You see it typically in the beer and the soda industry, and those bottles are, are really, they're quite heavy, and they are designed for that. Those bottles are probably, nobody knows exactly how many turns, but they suspect 15, 25. I heard at one point in like Vietnam, there was bottles being reused 90 times. Wow. Have you guys seen those? Well, like the Mexican Coke yeah. that you get at the yeah. taco yeah. shop yeah. that has like, it's gone through the machine so many times. Yeah. It's like, That's yeah. kind of like a badge of honor, right? Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. so in the wine industry, one of, it, it's a different category of bottle and expectation, I think. Right. And so what our ask is as we move forward, and we can talk about industry standard bottles, but you know how, and I've had this conversation with Anheuser-Busch is how do we optimize that bottle for how many turns do we want it to have, right? Mm -hmm. Where's the, the break point on the economics and the environmental impact? Uh, but the, I would say a wine bottle needs to be probably at least 500 grams. And I know things are going below 400 right now on lightweighting and how many turns kind of a TBD but my ask also to the wine industry is, is we need the wine industry to go to the glass manufacturers and say, okay, we want industry standard bottles. We've already done some design work, about eight different molds, common molds, um, and go to the glass manufacturers. They can help the industry determine sort of what's the weight, you know, and they'll do some work. The neck is really our, is the challenge area in regards to returnable 
Um, so there's some TBD in regards to the wine industry and how we do that. But Karen, is so I guess one of my questions, I think we've talked about it before, is that phase two to create those common bottles, right? Yes. So yes. That then we have these kind of industry standards, uh, common bottle that we we as the wine wineries or I don't know if I'm saying it right, like own kind of that we get them back and we keep using them. Right. Kind of, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, when you ask what are we, what's right now? Right now, we're working with existing wine bottles, right, right to get the program going. Down the road, moving into an industry standard bottle, what that looks like? Is it regional? Is it by varietal? Right. Is it some are going to want to have it by brand? But collectively, there needs to be. Industry, as, right. as we talked about. Cause, yeah, because then also, Bart, like what your question is, how do we get the bottles back and whatnot? Um, like I've been thinking a lot about that too, but we could we we could kind of create the, the first phase system for us where we just have drop-off points at the farmer's market or at the tasting rooms or have a local wine club or just see how it works. But then would it be possible to have like a, a scan code on these bottles that we actually make that the consumer doesn't have to take the time to return them, but it comes back to us through the re recycling centers. Is that a possibility? Yes, it is an absolute Yeah, I love that idea. I mean, it's all possibility. Yeah. It's all like a matter. Yeah. QR code etched under yeah. the Yeah, so that Recology sends it back to us. Yeah. Right. So that we, you know, the whole, the, whole, the onus doesn't fall on the consumer 100%. Right, right. You know, because that's hard to do. You know, totally. we all have so, and then And then is this a, is this something that the wine industry is going to have to be okay with is that in this processing, as we were saying, like the Coke bottles, old beer bottles, you know, the Bud or Coors bottles, you know, they're, they have, they have scars on them. They, they have their history. Is that something that the wine industry is just going to have to go? No, it's a badge of honor, you know, that our bottles are, are a little chipped or is the technology for cleaning and processing going to move by, beyond that? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And we know that, as as I mentioned, the wine industry, the, 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 the expectation on bottles is a little bit different than soda and beer, right? Where, right. But there is technology, quite frankly. In the washing system, you have the bottle comes in, it goes through an industrial washer. This is with getting the labels off. Then it goes through a bottle inspector, which is another very, very important part of this process. And it can, as a third step, you can actually, there's systems to recoat those bottles, it won't be a hundred percent. It won't bring it right back, but that technology is out there. I mean, I got brand new bottles last year, and they had scars on them, so I'm not really <laughs> well, that worried yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. And my glass company yeah. said, "Sorry, you yeah, know, what are you going to do about <laughs> yeah, it?" Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But Bart, also, there's. <clears throat> I just instantly, as as being someone who's bought wine for restaurants, that a lot of the. <clears throat> it's a shame that a lot of the wine that goes to restaurants and or hotels and it's primarily stuff that gets sold by the glass, that bottle never even makes it out to the table. The consumer never even yeah. sees the bottle. I mean, you could literally have a, a, a post-it note on that thing that said what it was because the bartender is the only one that needs to know. Right. So those would never have to go out. And then wines that aren't basically made for, let's say, quote unquote, collectors. So rosé seems like a no-brainer to have in a bottle that, you know, what if it has a nick on it? Or if, right, if it's totally, something Right, totally, because you want the circular economy. You Like for right. Nall, Nall is an ageable wine. We say three to six years from vintage right. date. Right. So to start the process, phase one, get the wheels turning, do this with the rosé, do it with the Sauvignon Blanc, do it with the... Um, do it in the wines yeah, where there is yeah. a turnaround. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And And it doesn't have to... And and by the glass wines, it's a lot of those bottles are never even making it to the table. They're being poured behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the, I loved what, I love the podcast with Artie and, uh, more Artie as, do a monthly Artie show. Right. And just and just turn the microphone on and sit there. And, yeah. And go on with our day. <laughs> yeah, smoke right. a cigar. <laughs> but what he was saying about, you know, working collectively uh, is is absolutely spot on. Is how do how do we how do we collectively bring the wine industry together to create through this podcast. Yes. <laughs> is is that that perspective uh where you know you just you pick maybe varietals or regions and we that second phase like april talked about you know industry standard um i've had uh, a couple of um um winery uh what do you call them uh the sonoma vintners you know down in in the central valley we've talked about you know a, a bottle that they would circulate with just within their region, right? Where everything just stays in one place and it circulates. And maybe we put a bottle washer right in their region and then eventually let that, that Vintners group or that, that, that group, eventually they take that over because once you get the system rolling, if you have the right bottle per hour machine and the right equipment, eventually that becomes a profitable venture because turnkey. it's turnkey. And what I can tell you is, I know one of the large producers of, of soda in Germany, and he uses a refillable 12 ounce bottle that he pays one cent, he pays 11 cent euro for that new bottle. And as it turns, which is probably about 25 times, he said, he's paying one cent euro. Yeah. I, I mean, April, as you were, you know, kind of saying the bottles that work and, and Diana said this also, it's, it, it's, it could be, if we're starting somewhere, it could be very basic. It's, it's burgundy in a couple colors. It's Bordeaux in a couple colors, and if you really want to be generous, it's a hawk bottle. Um, like a Riesling bottle? That's a Riesling bottle, yeah. Right? I mean, it, it it is, again, but we need ownership to buy in with it. We need marketing departments to buy in with it. Um, you know, And it's not to say people couldn't have their heavier, fancier bottle, but if, you, if everybody bought into something of this... Um, well, and what I what I kind of love about it, and maybe this is just like as the underdog, um, is if we all have the same bottle, there's like it's like school uniforms, right? Right. You take away that piece of like the branding and differentiating um, value based on like the weight of the bottle, which everybody, you know, we've sort of like universally are coming to is a whole bunch of hooey. Um, but then it's about what's in the bottle and you know about the label right and it doesn't matter everybody has this you know especially if it's the the dry creek zinfandels the sonoma valley zinfandel the the things that are made in larger numbers and go into wholesale more than like the vineyard designates and 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 things like that it totally makes sense to a it levels the playing field but b it also we all sort of collectively move forward in this and attaining these goals and it's those those incremental Pro, you know, progress that we can all make that, yeah. you know, it's, it's not all about recycle, every, you know, reuse every bottle. It's let's reuse some bottles. Right. Let's mm-hmm. use some cans. Let's do some lightweight bottles for things that are going out and shipped. But because it seems like the lightweight bottles might not be or, or sort of mutually exclusive from the re, the reuse bottle. Or am I wrong on that? Well, there there is a break point. Right. Right. And that's there's a little bit of TBD around that. Yeah. Uh, quite frankly. But yes. And and. What when we talk to production folks and COOs of these larger 
wineries and even in other Bev categories, this is a cost-effective yes. proposition, mm. right? The production line over at a large winery, they go, I would love to have a standardized bottle that I'm filling, yeah. right? Every bottle, Mal every... Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And I'm not switching the line and... And then your supply chain is is more constant, and then as that bottle turns, we just I just mentioned, it will cost you less. Right, right. Mm -hmm. It's gonna take a while to get that to that place, and we have a domestic source, which is would be wonderful. Right. To have more than your eggs in more than one basket. Totally. You know. Well, and, I mean, and again, yeah. domestic source is one other piece out of the carbon footprint of totally. these bottles, right? right. Yeah. 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 I just wanted to mention it that if, if you want it, so a lot of the hotels, and this is sort of um, ties into what you were saying about um, publicly owned companies, um, they are definitely hyper aware right now of um, being sustainable and or slash green. Um, it's in their best interest. They're being told by their corporate offices that they need to put programs in place. I know the Fairmont just went through an entire thing where it was completely eliminating single-use plastic by a certain date. And there's financial um, gains or um, there's actually, this is tied to, and I don't know if you can speak to it more than you did, but there's programs that are in place now that are punishing companies. And, and there was a lot of greenwashing going on where some of these companies were saying, oh, well, were carbon neutral. And the way they were doing that is they were saying, well, th this is what we're doing, but then we're planting a tree for every thing that we do. And so it's okay to throw all these bottles in the garbage, but we're planting 47 trees to make up for it. But I guess what I'm saying is the point is that if you wanted to sell wine to any of these larger companies right now that own hotels and our restaurants, if you put five Zinfandels in front of them and one of them was in reusable bottles, they are going to be extremely motivated to pick that one because it's in their best interest and it's being what they're told to do right now. There's so much behind the, the momentum of all of that. And I think first to market are going to really benefit totally with, with that, that in place. I, you know, there's, I we deal I deal with some of the large wineries that are are publicly held. That's a completely different conversation than with ones that aren't. Uh, so there's a lot of work that that opportunity with that. I mean Costco, right? They they're always looking for brands that are have a higher sustainability, right? We want to bring those in. So there's a lot to unpack on that. Um, I, right. Um, there, there's so many different facets of this. So yes, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> well, Brian, what you're saying makes me think, you know, there was a time when that's how they built housing developments. If there was a housing development and there was a, a wetlands, they would say, well, no, we're going to fill in this wetlands and then we'll preserve some land somewhere else. Right. And it's right. just greenwashing. Yeah. Um, and, it, and that's essentially what you're talking about. It's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, what we're doing. Yes, it's something, but it's not the right thing to do. And so you're right. That would be that should be the way it is okay. that they would it, do business. It's the carbon and offset. Give, and sometimes give them the opportunities to do the right things so you right. need to provide yeah. that opportunity for them right right yeah. the carbon offset is yeah i'm not 
a big candidate of that. It's like, just do the, do the right thing. Don't, right. don't. Yeah. You know, that's why I love this, it Karen. Cause it's like, this is such immediate action. It's like so simple for a small winery like us. We're like a generational family winery. It's easy. It's doable. Like, let's do it. Like, why not? And April, how did you get involved? Like, how <laughs> did you guys get connected? Um, I have this climate group called We Are Talking About It. Um, Someday my, I'm going to make it to a meeting. Yeah, yeah, Bart. Um, my friend Stephanie Calamander, she started it. But um, we... we it's infidel. It's <laughs> delicious, by the way. I'm dying. Okay, exactly. I know. Here, yeah. like, you know, so I, I, in the desert. I, I, I kind of kept wrong side it of the down board. here by me. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so we were just talking. Listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, I'll give you one of those. Yeah. Just because of that. I love it. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, well, we were just talking about things we can do, and we were just sitting on Whitney Hopkins' couch, and she grows our Pinot Noir, and we were thinking, well, what about reusable glass the way they used to do in the olden days? Um, and there's still like a light bulb went off in my head, and I was like, yeah, like we can actually do that. A lot of things, you know, a lot of people say it all starts in the vineyard, but a lot of us farmers are already doing all the sustainable vineyard aspect so what can we do in the winery and i and then so i just literally googled reusable glass and there was an article on npr about a brewery in oregon um uh there's double mountain double mountain yeah so i called him and he he was so cool he gave me all this information he's like oh have you heard of karen um in conscious container they're starting a startup in um cloverdale and i was like cloverdale well that's like 20 minutes away from me and then so i i think i emailed you and i said we need um we need conscious container in dry creek and then from that point on it just got rolling and i this is something like what you guys are talking about and i think it's bringing meaning back to what i'm doing um doug and andrew this is a, like what i said it's a generational family winery and if we want to go the next 50 years like how are we going to do that and it's not just about doing the right thing it's about doing something that's meaningful too yeah. and this just seems meaningful because i wouldn't be here with all you guys you guys like now we're, it's like getting back to the community grassroots old-fashioned like this is what the wine industry is all about i started as a young woman at grower relations in the central valley and i thought nobody's gonna hire me because they all have you know they're the people that they know and everybody puts their hand out in the wine industry and i love that and i think that's what we're doing right now especially us because we're small um family oriented wineries and we're, 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 we can do it. So can you talk about what, and, and maybe this is for both of you, what you have a bottling coming up in February yeah. that's with conscious container. What does that look like? Are you, you're using their glass? How, how does that change from like what a normal process is? Right. Um, that's it. It's, it's, yeah. it's actually pretty simple. We're, I'm only going to, I think you have about 200 cases we can take this time around. So I'm going to bottle our ranch red, which is more of a drink, drink now style. And I'm just going to cut off the 200 cases and I'm working with Euro Stampa to get the wash off labels. And that's just to start it. It's awesome. It just do it. You know, and yeah. I think we found some more bottles for you, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, okay, good. <laughs> um, and so, so Eurostamp is importing the um, the paper and the glue, and uh, I've already started um, working with them. Awesome. Wait, and this is why uh, Diana Snowden says was was traveling with rolls of yeah. labels yeah. in her <laughs> bag because that. because the washable glue and labels are all coming from Europe, yeah. right? And so to to label the Snowden wines. I that mean, way they had she had the labels made there and then brought them over correct. to the suitcase. Okay. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting how it, it's kind of come, 
it's come full circle mm-hmm. because when I started and we worked, you know, you put glue on the labels and the labels always went on crooked and you'd have to soak labels every night. Um, and you always hope that they would just kind of slide off, you know, if you got them quick enough. Um, and a lot of times they would, but if you had to scrub them, then you had to scrub them. And that is the biggest thing is if people could get labels that can come off, um, it makes this whole process like so much easier. The part of actually reusing bottles, because then if you have a, if you have the same bottle as everybody's using the same bottle, it doesn't matter if they're mixed up going back to you guys, as long as the labels all come off and they're all the same glass. So yes, the, 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 what we've been doing in a lot of capacity is part kind of, I call it parting the seas. So we're, we're working to enable more options for wineries. The Euro stamp of folks have been working with us on this, this label that, that April's going to use the, the paper comes from Scotland, right? But there is one Avery brand, uh, Avery skew of label that actually, I was up in the Okanagan. There's a bottle washing operation up there. And we were testing labels up there for wash off. He has a full industrial washer, about 10,000 bottles per hour. So that's where we do our testing for these labels. And there is an Avery out there. So what we're trying to do is slowly but surely kind of part the seas to say, okay, you know, Sam, hey, here are the options. Go talk to just like April did here. Go talk to Eurostampa to to bring this label into your your production. And that takes time. But does... Eurostampa doing the printing, or you then take the product? No, they're doing to the your printing. St- oh, they do the printing. And um, they're they're really interested in doing this, so they are willing to kind of um, work work with us because it it if I'm only making 200 labels, that's going to be a pretty expensive label. But um, they are willing to kind of help 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 out the process and and figure out figure it out with us. And from a consumer standpoint, will it look different enough? From the regular null label, or will you just like somewhere that knowledge right. has to be? Well, packed, that's what right? I'm kind of that's what I'm kind of mulling over because when I think about it as the circular economy and coming back to me, like I said, that's not exactly the classic null uh, brand because it's meant to age. So I I I don't know. Like I don't know if I make like uh, wine for just locals or restaurants or. Obviously, null and look like null to some degree, but it'll have to change a little bit because ours is actually ink. That's an ink label. So it will have to change. But I mean, I'm willing to, I mean, we'll still have the classic label and it'll look the same. But okay. So I think yeah. also what Dame's yeah, asking yeah. is, I mean, Dame, what Sam is asking. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm off topic. Dame, yeah, yeah, Dame I don't never know. asks the right Sonny. questions. <laughs> Sonny. Hey, old dead kid yeah. over there in the corner. Um, <laughs> is is this paper that you're importing? Is it gonna look the same? Is it gonna feel no, the same? No, it's not gonna it, look the is same. It, is it more of a? The it's more of a paper, paper. papery. Yeah, yeah. Right. as yeah. opposed to the yeah. ink covered. Yeah. So that's what I though that that's what I'm just that's what you're figuring struggling with. out. Like, what do I do? Like, how do? What do I make? Anyway, we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Part of part of me says if it's gonna look like that, but it's just gonna be a different texture. Well, I thought it could be That's kind a great of conversation maybe piece. yes. Well, I well I almost thought I could make it a circle label because circular economy have the null everything, but that'll oh. offset it. And I know that that's my label that is could yeah. be like the locals, the restaurants, right. but it still looks everything like no, it's just circle because yeah. I, I know that I can think about it that way. Right. Yeah, it, it, yeah, everybody's gonna have to figure this out, right? I mean, yeah, that, but that's the fun part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love dropping the knowledge. <laughs> 
<laughs> Andrea, I... <laughs> even you've been working on that for a couple of weeks, haven't you, Brian? <laughs> okay, we could do some Zin puns too. <laughs> so you know what's I think this is this is the the overall ask, and even like Diana was talking about, you know, we're figuring it out as we go along. I know a lot of wineries say, you know, and what we're doing is putting together the the, the playbook. Right. So when a winery comes to us, what are all those steps? And that's the part I'm excited about is how we collectively create that playbook uh, to enable, you know, we're, you know, Bart's collecting a bunch of bottles and, you know, how, what does that look like? And to begin to just kind of open, open up the opportunity, because everybody that I talk to, even the marketing folks in large wineries and even some of the, the breweries is, kind of the younger generation is they love this. They all, they're really excited about doing this. And we are launching the other piece that we're working on is refillable tasting room programs. Um, those, we have several wineries that are, are really excited about that. You know, working with that, that's when they're going to start to talk to the consumers a little bit more about it. Will you talk a little bit more about that? Or are you not ready for that yet? Well, we're, one of the wineries we're working with is going to large, launch a very large refillable program, bigger than I expected. I just met with them yesterday, and it's like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> we've got a lot to do Meaning here. consumers will bring back bottles, and they're going to refill them. So tasting room, so right. wine club and tasting room, all the bottles will come back to the tasting room, and those bottles have wash-off labels on them. And there's a lot of marketing that's that's that they're going to bring into that. And it's really helping consumers understand this is not recycling. This is reuse. And a lot of that, a lot of this is education. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, you're recycling bottles. And I'm going, no, no, no. We're reusing the bottles. So that program, uh, probably March uh, is when it's looking to launch. And again, we're kind of creating playbook they're sort of all over the shop i have a project management background so i'm going whoa 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 let's kind of bring this in and because we're as we're creating this we also want to do the playbook because i want to be able to turn to every winery and say okay here's kind of how it works as a framework now that you just mentioned that it kind of got me scared a little bit because i'm thinking okay the big guys are going to get into it then they're going to purchase their own equipment and then we're kind of going to leave the little guys on the outside right like Hey, we're doing the right thing. You guys don't have the money to do the right thing. A lot of times when investors, when I talk to them, they say, go, well, what's your moat? And at first I go, God, what's a moat? Luckily, there was somebody on the call who knew what that was than when I was making that first call. But in order for this to work, and I can tell you for a fact, the large, uh, a brewer, large, large beverage producer on the Coke, uh, Coke, I should say Coke, Coke and AB, I will tell them that they look at it, the ROI to go do this for these large producers is it, it's too big. They can't do it. There's it, meaning that they have to put so much money into it for them to own the system. As I talked about earlier, is that the only way this is going to work is bottle agnostic where like a conscious container is working with multiple brands, right. eventually it will go to that because that's the way the systems work around the world. There is a, it comes in, there's a washer and there's a filler. It's like Strauss, Strauss Creamery. I was going to ask about yeah. Strauss yeah, because I'll, it seems like the perfect example of yes. small, right. Yeah. 
but that's a huge investment. It took Albert a long time. He had the, his facility out in Marshall mm -hmm. <laughs> that we went out to tour. Um, now he's got his facility, his washing facility in Roner Park. But, and his is a closed loop system. And it, actually, he just raised his deposit for the bottle just recently for his returnable bottle. But at first- What is that amount? It's now at, it's now at $3. It was at two, oh. it's going I, up to three. So I shop at Oliver's, so I see people besides myself bring those bottles in. Sometimes they're not even, I see people that aren't buying anything. I think they found the bottles in, in the recycling <laughs> bin and they bring them in and they're getting paid. Um, but that's the thing, and they, they trained us. Um, Strauss trained us to do that. Um, yeah, they, Al, Albert's been way out front for a long time. But again, back to your question, the the large producers, and this is the petition we've actually put in front of Coca-Cola is, let's go create the system. It's the ROI is too prohibitive for them to set it up. Let's set it up in an agnostic way. And I believe that model is scalable for everybody where we have regional wash centers set up and we can take beer bottles, we can take beverage bottles and we can take wine bottles. And just in California, the volume is, it, there's enough. Yes. And what is, what is one of those places look like? So does, are things coming in in boxes? Are they coming in in bins and how is everything? Can you kind of draw us a picture of how it's all getting um, just logistically how that all happens at the bottle washing center? So, so we're the infrastructure side of it. So the bottles come in, um, and they can really come in in any, any form or fashion. Uh, we're right in the beginning stages, but where, what the model will look like is you have sorting, you have to sort through those bottles up front. So, uh, Bruce Stevens is actually on the conscious container team and he stood up wine bottle renew. Some of us may remember, right. uh, with Bill Dodd, who is now Senator Bill Dodd. And there were lessons learned from, from that from that business where you want, you don't want every wine bottle coming in or every beer bottle. This is where we need to, to get into standardization or a limited number of bottles. Mm -hmm. So those bottles come in, they need to be sorted and then they go into the washer and they go through that washer and washers start at 3000 bottles per hour and can go up to 150,000 bottles per hour. Um, and so they go through the washer, they come out, and then they go through uh, an electronic bottle inspector, an EBI, that says, you know, if it's got cracks or 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 you can you can do by how wide the scuff the yeah. scuff is on the bottle. I mean, it probably so, works very much like a like optical a sorter, sorter, right? Yeah, yeah, probably a lot. And then there's actually some new technology that sees glass on glass, which is typically the the recall issue has been glass on glass inside the glass bottle. Uh, in a, I've talked to. Um, a couple of uh, manufacturers where that's the problem. So it inspects that glass and then, then it comes out and is packaged. And, and, and in around the world, a lot of times, as we talked about is there, they have the, the washing and then, then the, the inspection and then the filling is, is the way it exists around the world primarily, but we're not set up for that. Right. The ROI is too big at this point. It would have to be, yeah, because you would have to, it would have to be like a contract filling thing. And like one day it's 16,600, the next day it's uh, Dane Sellers. And, yeah. Or, yeah. And, you know, we've, we've, there's a whole lot of avenues we can take. We could do this. You could set this up as a mobile operation. It's going to be a, a I'm, I'm not quite sure. We're, we're, there are some folks out there in other categories that are doing that. Yeah. Uh, but I believe the, the moat is the ROI. 
in answer to your question, you know, the big producers are going to get involved, but really conscious container is in the position right now to put a bottle agnostic system up for everybody. And I think, you know, it's equitable. I mean, we're a benefit corporation. Um, how do we engage? We're working with Napa recycling. They are already moving bottles around. So, so we're trying to tap into the existing infrastructures, you know, and there's champions like, like, like April and Diana and others that it's like, how do we collectively create this system? And that's what I talked about earlier is that the wine industry has no preconceived notion. And that allows us the opportunity as an industry to, to really figure out what we want this to look like. I mean, it, 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 it sounds like really the biggest thing is the biggest starting point is identifying some glass, this, the, the bottles. So that way, just as you said, the earlier company, their biggest thing was they got, you know, 43 different molds from seven different manufacturers and trying to sort that out without, with just looking at it is impossible because these look very mm -hmm. similar bottles, but they're not, they're slightly different, mm -hmm. right. you know, and, and that's something you can't have that, you know, all of a sudden you have, you get down to the 400th bottle and it's a half a millimeter taller and it shatters in the corker, you know? Correct. Um, so. And I think what we talked about is like Sam, you were talking about, you know, <laughs> and Brian, you've got bottles that are sitting over to the side. You know, we can wash those bottles, right? right? If they've been sitting long enough where you couldn't put them on the line or couldn't have them. So, you know, they're coming, it's called contract washing. And it's really clean. It's very clean. And it's the independent bottle washers do a lot of that that are out there. Yeah. Just logistically, would it go back into the same cardboard or would you have fresh boxes? Great question. You know, we, we recommend that we put them into back fresh. into clean, right. clean boxes. Yeah. And we recycle those other leftover cards, <laughs> right? Thank so you, re Brad. recycling yeah. and, and recycling is definitely part of the system. And so a couple of last notes. Well, I don't know. We're, we're definitely we're definitely running an arty session here. Um, um, is that on, on brand? Is, <laughs> we like to say. is so in California. There's some real great things that have been going on. First of all, we worked on conscious container worked on legislation AB 962. We got refillable glass bottles can be separated in the redemption system because right now all glass has to be crushed once it goes to a processor, and we conscious container are actually a processor in that system, so we can work and do work with recycling centers and to get that glass back. So we have that. Second thing is wine's coming into the redemption system. So we can begin to tap into that back end system to get that glass and it can be separated as a refillable. And then the last piece is it's, it's a little murky waters cause it's Cal recycle, but uh, there was a trailer bill cause Cal recycle, because we don't have a lot of redemption centers have a lot of cash on hand. So, they came to the legislature with about 330 million, something like that, of let's go use this money. And just to be clear, that's like their $30 million cash on hand is the five cent char app charge every time you buy a bottle of something at the convenience store. Right. That and like you, CRV. Yeah. Right. It's the CRV money has been building up. They do pay it to waste haulers. Uh, they take some of that money, but there's a lot of surplus. So they brought a bill to the legislature, and within that, I'm sorry, it's 330 million. There's 330 million dollars. Yeah, that's in, half in, in five cent increments. Yeah, it's fucking bananas. Wow, <laughs> it, it's it's crazy. But within that, there is 25 million allocated 
for a refillable infrastructure in California. And CalRecycle's talking to me, they're calling me saying, well, how does- Take, take how our does, money, please. How does this right. look? Like, what does it look? So, so we have indicators in the state of California that are very powerful. And reverse vending machines are coming in into California too. And they can take wine bottles also, as well as beverage. Okay. I, do you, I don't know what reverse that is. Vending You're machines. gonna have to explain that. So they look like a refrigerator. You, you've seen them, it sounds like Sam. They look like a refrigerator. You put your bottle in there. Like say you put, Bar puts five bottles in there. You get a little coupon that says, oh, you have a 25 cents back. You take that into that that retailer, that 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 box, the, the reverse vending machine sits at, and you get your credit, you get your deposit credit back. Okay. This is the way it works all around the world. Yeah. And and that is starting, or you've seen them. Yeah, yeah totally. Okay. And, and you did say, and I thought I'd heard this, that wine is going to start collecting for... Um, the deposit. The, oh yeah. Right. And you're, when you're do you know when that starts? The there's, there's something happens in 2024. Okay. Um, I think that's actually when it starts. Okay. I thought maybe it was 2023, but I think it's 2024 okay. because all of you are going to have to really take a look at that. Cause you're going to become part of the Cal recycle system. Right. <laughs> I can give you some insights on that right. because we're a processor. We'll do that offline. And <laughs> yes. Or at the very least a whole other show. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so you're, you're going to have to start to pay into that system and be part of that system um, for deposit. It, yeah. it, and you have to actually put that that on your label, like you see on a beer bottle or a soda bottle. That's oh, the, the redemption. Yeah, you have yeah. to put the redemption information on there. So that pretty label will have to have mm. more government copy. We have to cram onto our correct back labels. Mm. approved government. Fantastic. Yeah, love it. So, talk, so talk. a lot of the label designers, right? But you can't put organically grown on it, right? Well, you <laughs> gotta pay for that. So basically, and for those of that, I mean, I kind of knew this was happening, but basically, if you make wine and you sell a bottle, it's an extra sales tax, five cents per bottle. That's gonna. I think it, it's gonna be more like ten. Right. I guess our bottles are bigger and heavier. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's. Overall, it's a very good thing. Right. There's sure. some yeah, totally. there's some real benefactors that are that will profit from all of this. But overall, it's a really it, it's a good move to get wine into our redemption. And it's also spirit bottles. Mm. I would love to wash spirit bottles if we could. It's easier to wash than wine bottles. Make it well, it less on sediment. The... Yeah, true, <laughs> true. They're all different. The the sizes in the washing system. There's some well, that you couldn't wash. Yeah, I mean, l liquor right. bottles. There's they're, even they're more random and yeah, yeah, that that would never happen. Yeah. Hendrix never versus happened. Square One so, versus yeah. you know, yeah. If everything was in a Stoli bottle, mm. life well, would be simple. If you look at craft spirits, they all use kind of a similar bottle. I you know right. that that to me is is a is a possibility down the road. But wine is the best. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and the, you know, I've said this about several, in, you know, whether I don't want to call them sustainability initiatives, things that in the wine industry, the power that we have is that we have a luxury product that if it's, you know, in the beginning costs us five cents more a bottle to be using reusable bottles and different, you know, glue and different labels so that they can go into this system we can absorb and our customers can absorb that in a way that, you know, the 12, you know, $6, a, a 12 pack bottle of beer, it's a can't. And, you know, we've used that power 
to bring organic to the forefront. And that power was used to bring biodynamic to the forefront because we have this luxury product. And it's, you know, and I, I think I said this when, when Diana was on the show also that, you know, this is, you know, not only um, doable, but we as the wine industry can lead the charge, uh, you know, nationally with, you know, talking about this, right. you know, you doing this, you know, utilizing this and, and, and making it happen. So, you know, I think that um, just like all those other things, um, you know, we have this platform and this ability because we have this product that mm-hmm. is, you know, less price sense, still price sensitive, obviously right. all our club members out there, don't worry, it's not going to go up too much, uh, <laughs> but a little, um, but you know, we have this ability to, to lead the charge well, in a way that other, yeah. other you know, sectors can't. I was even thinking, Sam, too, and Bart, like we, we could we could even come up with our own incentive system. Bring your bottles back to the winery right. and like get, you know, it, you know, just just we, we could do it ourselves, too. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. um, we have listeners who have said said I'm getting close to sending you back a six pack of bottles. Send me the, the shipping sticker. Right. Like, right. Like th- there are people mm-hmm. that will send it back to you if you send them the sticker well, to mm-hmm. ship it back. to you. I would to- love that if we could put a sticker into every 12 pack that we send out, right. that actually doesn't send it back to us, but sends it right back to Karen, right, right back to Conscious <laughs> right. Containers in Cloverdale yeah, yeah. and <laughs> clean it and put it right back into the system. Right. And, you know, our contribution to it was A, using those bottles and B, you know, printing that that UPS sticker and mm-hmm. slipping it in the box with your invoice and whatever, you know, other paraphernalia and collateral we've thrown in there, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the unit economics, you know, glass is sold by weight. Right. Right. And so the unit economics for us to get the business going are the most attractive, right? right? With the wine in the in the wine category in, in full full transparency. And the other pieces that that the wine, you know, there's there's just it it can turn fast enough for us to do that also. And there's enough that's why the concentration here in Northern California and even, you know, going into the Central Valley and down the down the coast of it is we've got density to make this work and i i ha- the 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 carbon footprint so just there's as diana talked about let's you know we will get there on the carbon footprint in a mature environment a refillable glass bottle over a single use glass bottle has a 95% lower carbon footprint in a mature environment and so you know it will get to that point but that I say the word. It trumps. <laughs> it tr- Sorry, I couldn't hear that. <laughs> it really gets ahead of any other. I don't like using that word, but it you know compared to a single use bottle and and even aluminum or plastic, it is so out front. The refillable glass bottle is the best solution, and. You know, not only your your it'll cost you less over time, and your carbon footprint's going to go go down over time. Uh, you know, it, it's the best solution out there. It's better than aluminum. It's a even refillable PET plastic bottles. Right. I mean, it's those still, are prevalent. Still plastic, right? But it's the glass refillable glass bottle is the best solution, both economically in a mature environment and environmentally. Yeah, and I think that. Um... You know, if we've learned anything in the last year of being in the wine business with the supply chain issues and the doubling of our glass costs that, you know, and within a year, um, 
it's such a no-brainer to take more control yeah. over where mm-hmm. our glass is coming from and how much we're paying for it and what the impact of it is than to like enter into this crapshoot of a global marketplace where we're you know waiting on shipping containers to be unloaded in the port of long beach to find out if we're going to be able to make our bottling like that's that's you know talk about sustainability or not that is a not a sustainable way to run a business Mm -hmm. and and so you know purely from a like business logistics standpoint you know set aside environmental and and the you know marketing to have more control over Mm -hmm. where our bottles are coming from and how we're going to get them and when they're going to show up is is you know that importance has you know never been clearer than it is right now right well and then the other thing about it is is sure we all think that the large winery has the funds and and whatnot to really be part of it but i mean if there were 20 little wineries under 3,000 cases doing this that's a huge impact because that's that many less individual companies having to do this right i mean every small company has its own carbon footprint. And if you're lowering the carbon footprint on 30 different companies, that's got to be a huge impact, impact, Mm -hmm. right? Regardless of the size that they are. Yeah. It's um, one of the, one of the challenges. And I believe where the opportunity is, is for how do we collectively get the, the wine or the wine industry and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, small and medium wineries. How do we collectively come together to, to really make this difference? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do we go to the glass manufacturers collectively? How well, we have to do it together. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right? Because they're not, if Sam calls and tells them, they're not going to care. And if I were call, you? they're no, not going to care. There's no record. We don't have your account on file. <laughs> I think we're going to have to send you a new credit card authorization form. <laughs> And, you know, that's kind of what what I'm, what we're trying to, you know, how do we, I've, I've presented to the IWCA membership. They're very interested in in a a return, an industry standard bottle. And so how do we collectively come together? And also we're, we're out still raising capital. This is a really tough sell. And I'm looking within the wheelhouse of beverage, you know, that's packaging, producers, um, uh, you know, the wineries themselves, which, uh, you know, we haven't been so successful with in, in full transparency, is like, how do we how do we just collectively come together and do this? And maybe there's a different path that we need to take for that. Uh, which I'm open to it, it. It's been a real <laughs> this is the hardest thing I've ever done is trying to raise capital for this kind of an initiative. And that's the call I was just on with the industry. There's just to me, there's too much talk and not a, not, not enough action and, and, and investment. And the, and the glass companies aren't stepping up to help fund it, are they? Yeah, not. <laughs> well, there's actually one we're having potentially some interesting with. conversations um yeah tv well more to come on that yeah. so can it be kind of like a petition where you get people like april and like sam and like bart that that sign on and say hey if you guys were able to provide this we would we'd be at the front of the line we'd be there buying it from you yeah it's kind of the co-op a co-op kind of an approach i i believe that's definitely one of one of the paths that we can take because what investors look for is is you know what's your what uh, you know what are the po's you have you know what what's coming into the yeah. business and and a co-op is definitely an opportunity i believe collectively Maybe a little shark tank action 
Yeah, I like oh. it. Oh. <laughs> I've got investor stories. I don't want to do Shark Tank. <laughs> That's no. awesome. <laughs> That'll be another show also. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I also say that this Zinfandel is delicious? Yes, yes. I, I got to give credit to Andrew and Doug. Yeah, yeah it's delicious. <laughs> I had to make sure I did that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I also, one thing I, I think about too is that we're all making premium uh, wine. And so like um, keeping the culture and the spirit alive of putting it in our glass bottles uh, is, 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 to me, kind of important too, because it's part of the history, the culture. It, it it's, I mean, yeah, I, it's, I, I, you know, it's part it's of what it. makes wine yeah. special and unique. You know, the yeah. process of, you know, I mean, the people that love screw caps will roll their eyes, but the process of pulling a real cork out of a glass bottle mm-hmm. with a corkscrew. I mean, Adam Lee's pissed off right now. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so, April, you're saying don't. Don't box me in. Don't box me um, in. Right? I don't think that would even be possible for a small winery like Noel right. to do box wine. Right. It's too it too many moving pieces, too complicated. I don't but, think that would. But I yeah. do you guys ever watch movies where it's like you and see some classic. you watch like an old western or you see something that they used to do like 100 or 200 years ago and you go, "Oh my god, I can't believe they used to do that." Like that's what glass reminds me of when you see bottles they get used once and then broken into <laughs> yeah into dust and then you're like you i just imagine like 100 years from now people looking back and going i can't believe they used to do that like they're didn't they realize like there had to be a better system yeah or i can't believe they used to not reuse it that's what i'm saying (laughs) is it like it seems so wasteful to like create this thing use it and then it's like such a disposable um attitude and if you are in Germany, which I went to to see how these systems work, it's yeah. like utopia. <laughs> you know, just it, it's it's it, it's so logical. It's so smart. Right. And we just it, those older ways were simpler. This is not really a complex concept. Yeah. It's we have to kind of regear our our infrastructure and consumers will gravitate to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we know the one, everybody we talk to in the wine industry says, yeah, this makes perfect sense. You know, mm-hmm. how do we go do it? Like 100%. April. Right. So like what's April. your wish list? Like top three things you want right now that people can do? <laughs> Investment. Yeah. I always put that out front because we're right. And my, how much do you need and who do you want it from? So I will tell you uh, on the investment side, we're raising 1.5 million, yeah. which is really not a lot, quite right. frankly. Uh, and that sets up the initial... Um, the initial industrial washer. It does take us a while to get that machine. And quite frankly, we have a half million dollar grant from the state of California, a greenhouse gas reuse grant specifically for refillable wine bottles, but it's a reimbursable grant. So we had to get the money. Really challenging. So, you know, folks that that are passionate about that, we have a financial model. I can talk for hours about that with them. But so investment and then champions like more and more champions like April like Diana, also Jamie from, I know I pronounced this right, Tuan Noir. She's another one. Is that uh, Tian? I don't know that one. Yeah, Jamie is, is there, they're going to be like April purchasing bottles from us. Mm. So anybody in the wine industry, reach out to us because what we need is, is we have a letter of intent that we're asking folks to sign because that helps me on the investment side to say, hey, I've got, you know, X number of, of wineries. And then the last thing is the, collective like 
you know, I am so open to how we get this off the ground and, and do it in an equitable way. So input from the wineries calling us saying, Hey, what about this? Just coming on the podcast, because this is a groundswell. Yeah. And just the fact that we're here, um, and that, that we had the article in, in the San Francisco Chronicle, actually they came to April and April said, Hey, you need to call Karen. Well, that was cause my friend, um, uh, was just talking about it and they're like, Oh really? Okay. And then, and then they reached out. Yeah. So. And, and it's the, and we, California is the right place. The wine industry is the right place. And I, I would, I really want the wine industry to be the ones that go and we're doing this first. So come to us, let's figure out how to do that. But investment, then uh, really signing the LOI if you're interested, which is really simple. Really have a real simple form. <laughs> it was it was very simple. Yeah, and and then work with us like you know Bart. We talked you talked yeah. about collecting your bottles and Sam. Y- you can put those aside and then we get in we get a run. You bring them up. We wash them. We're actually looking at, at maybe a place in here in Sonoma. Uh, side note: so you just have to walk down the street, so to speak. So you know collectively. How do we go go do that and help us? Um, yeah, those are those are the three. Off okay, it's yeah. awesome. Okay. Yeah, putting together my order. Love yep. March. So, yeah, I have a March bottling. That would be the the next pieces. If you're a producer and you're listening to this, as we know that a lot of our listeners are, um, how do we get a hold of you? How do you get a copy of the LOI? How do you put in an order for for glass if if you have it yet? Um, talk about and just how to how to reach out so we have a website consciouscontainer.com i know spelling conscious sometimes can be a challenge for a few folks c-o-n let all the correct figure it out the rest yeah so so go on to the website there is you can support us the the link and that's the loi you can actually we do have bottles out there right now so you can take a look at that it's on the website yeah and as Bart looks like he's scanning it right now. No, I, oh. I, 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 no, I'll tell you what I'm scanning right now because it's relevant when you're done. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so go out there and, and then really just reach out to us. At, at there, You can schedule a 15-minute call. That'll get you over to, to one of us to have a call. I think if you're interested and you see bottles, reach out to us. You can sign up for a 15-minute conversation. One of us will take that call. And then let's figure out what you're looking for and what we've got. Because what we want to do is we want to – we want to obtain, we want to know what wineries are looking for. So when we're outsourcing the bottles that are excess to start off with, we can find those. Cause like April has 200 cases. I think we found some more bottles maybe to fill up her nice. order. So, so what, if we know what you're looking for, then we can be in the marketplace looking for those as we bring, bring these at this first phase, bring them in. Cool. So mm-hmm. consciouscontainer.com. I'm Karen, C-A-R-E-N at consciouscontainer.com. Info at consciouscontainer.com. Any yeah, of those. Is there any social media hits yet or not yet? any oh, social, like a, a instagram and all those yeah, things oh yeah we're out yes facebook okay. instagram linkedin cool. not so much on twitter these days but yeah well on twitter too that's complicated <laughs> yes yeah. it is that's been trumped your website is really <laughs> cool karen i love it because it gives, has a lot of information on there too yeah we have a great yeah. marketing person yeah. that oh she's just been with me all along yeah it's good. fun yeah um just from a listener andrew um two notes while i'm thinking about it I'm saving the empties to mail back to you at some point. Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, no, I mean, and this yeah, is to, the idea. The to your point, April, we are, you know, we make premium wine with consumers who 
pay more attention and care more and are more yeah. engaged and you know text us we have this opportunity to to be out in front on that where you know if you're making a hundred thousand cases and it's going into supermarkets and you never actually see or know or talk to the people who who drink it right. um it's a much harder you know gap to it's a it's a bigger moat to clear right. which is a it's word i just learned today in, this, too, in a way oh, it's a totally different yeah. product right like we're and, all local we're all here we're right. all and that's why yeah. i say i mean if yeah. you could get 30 or 40 small wineries to buy into this the 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 effect could be huge you know because then all of a sudden you have people that are saying to those large guys well why aren't you doing that mm -hmm. or why aren't you doing it well we are and then at least they're made aware of it right so totally yeah and i think it's a huge marketing opportunity you know you put a neck tag on those bottles that are going out to the the mm -hmm. retail you know the grocery store mm -hmm. to say this is you know whatever you want to say on it. this is a returnable bottle right, or even the label just says this is a reusable bottle yeah, yeah. you know exactly Simple. exactly yeah um, and i think that you know getting for the wine category you know how do we bring those those younger drinkers in so to speak um you know my kids, you know, they 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 respond to that kind of stuff, totally. right? Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, not, and not to talk not to talk too political. Although we've already bagged on Trump and Elon Musk, so we might as well keep going in this path. Uh, if you look at you know the midterm results, the things that are that younger voters are caring about, uh, it this fits in that category, yep. and. 70 to 30 those younger voters are voting towards things that you know this direction and not the other direction like talking about the climate and coming up with solutions right. uh, is is so important uh for a younger generation who also maybe we always hand ring about not being able to reach in the wine business well here's a obvious way right so mm -hmm. uh april will you um Give us some shots for Nall, how people can get a hold of the 2020 Dry Creeks oh, in Vendel because yes. they, the, they can't get the 2019. There's people probably, April, you and I were just talking about this when you showed up today. The when the podcast that we did with you was, I, I don't I even don't, remember yeah, what ago. number it was, but it was so long ago. So, so I know once in a while we, we reference you guys um, in podcasts, but for people that haven't tried your wines, yeah. um, do a little... A little um, uh, tell people how to get a hold of these wines because they're fucking amazing. You guys, <laughs> Thank you. I I I mention Nall uh, um, a lot to people that, um, especially people that love Zinfandel. But even if you're a cab drinker, um, that it's one of those places that I like to tell people about because it's kind of like the hidden gem yeah. off the off yeah. the radar place that just makes amazing wine. Well, that's very nice. Um, yeah, Null Winery, we're located in Dry Creek Valley. Uh, we're the first winery on the right um, as you exit Dry Creek going north. <laughs> love um, those directions. Yeah, love <laughs> um, I'm usually and in the tasting room. <laughs> and it's N-A-L-L-E. Because -L -L -E, a lot of people, yeah, yes. if they're just listening, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and it's, um, you can visit us online at nullwinery.com. You can call the winery. Um, it's a small family production. We've been doing it since 1984. Um, and we're, we're always there. So you can call us, text us, text Sam and he can text me and then I'll text in you the, back. In the <laughs> yeah. former yeah. prune belt. Yes, um, exactly. Uh, and, and I remember having that conversation with, it must've been, I don't know if it was Doug's parents or your parents that were there that day when we were there, but there was a whole 
conversation about whether they were actually prunes or or plums or plums and i mean <laughs> they're prunes if you ask them okay yeah. well i mean <laughs> yeah. um but also yeah well my mother-in-law's family the henderlongs the property has that the winery sits on has been in the family since well um 1927 and so our old vines which is partly made up of this uh, dry creek valleys in um are dry farmed and they were planted in 1927 and so that's what i and we have a living roof facility so it's six feet of soil at the greatest depth of all rosemary. And so that's kind of what I think about the, the, the reusable glass is really like basically you could walk our grapes to the winery. And if it's reusable glass, then we're sitting pretty like doing our part, basically. And and, and yeah. they had a they had a living roof before. Yeah, 1989 was when it was built. Had a roof. I, Doug, Doug, Doug is a genius in that sense. He, he was really ahead of his time in thinking like um, I don't know if you want to say green, but he kind of thought ahead. Yeah, well, you have to figure out a way to cool down a Quonset. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> and then my joke is when the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also I also joke like when the world does. Well, let's just not say it out loud, but we can all come to the cave. Yeah. And when the, we can drink wine right. and when the wine's out. We're all fending yeah. for ourselves. Um, that that episode is episode 123. Wow. And it was from Good November 22nd, uh, 2019. Okay, I thought, okay, yeah. That seemed like so long ago. Yeah, it was a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you guys very much. This thank has you. been very informative. Um, we will definitely have to uh, come back in a yeah. few months. Yeah, definitely to see where we're circle at. back on this one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, any things to hyper promote shout outs um or? no uh, uh wine club uh shipments are for the most part out uh it's been really cool opening up the wine library for people um it's interesting to see what people have been purchasing you know some people that want 2016 chenin blanc and actually a few 2013 chenin blanc takers mm, cool. um uh and then uh ordered labels for new releases for winter release so the next one of the next shows we do I want to do a um, in-depth tasting of those wines with you guys um it's about it you know cool yeah drink a lot of Chenin Blanc and Zinfandel at Thanksgiving because and, and Viognier we'll be there and Viognier sorry Sam <laughs> yeah, yeah that was good um yeah, I want to say we're going to start doing something interesting here. You talked about library wines. We're going to start doing some library tastings. I can say we now. You see how, how it rolls off my tongue now? Um, doing, um, doing, um, pulling some stuff out of the library and doing some tastings here at 16600. So um, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> your dad told me, seems like a dream job. I said, <laughs> I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir, Phil. And then what else are we doing next? Uh, I don't know. Oh, Mike, we had fun the other night. Mike the Baker came and we had a little party here and the, the pizzas were amazing. Um, and it was nice to see a bunch of people um, that we had never met before. So it was kind of like a cool little scene that we had going on here. So we're going to do that again. And... Um, um yeah we're gonna have a cheese party coming up in december um i mean got a lot of stuff going on I, by the time you listen to this uh my email about our fall days uh offerings will be at we have some nice little three packs we put together some case deals so if you're on the mailing list check your email if you're not on the mailing list what the hell are you doing with your life <laughs> 
Nothing goes better with a with uh, turkey and stuffing than a good viognier. <laughs> see, yeah, see, I gotta get my. I mean, you know, Brian's now part of Sam, so it's not really that even anymore. So I have to, I have to get out Bart, early. I gotta be Bart. You yes. know, you know the place in my heart I have for that 2016 I, I, Chenin Blanc. I know. Yeah. I mean that wine, freaking if, delicious, if, right? And now, you too. still have some available for some of your wine. I mean, if you don't some for you, yes, get yes. some. <laughs> if you don't get some of that for Thanksgiving, because. Ask Oprah. She's going to say, get two things. She's going to say, get a bottle of the 2016 Chenin Blanc. She's going to say, get some Oleo Nuevo uh, from six, <laughs> from six and get some truff is what she's going to say too. Right. Um, but Karen, I'm giving you the last word. Uh, the last word is, yeah. first of all, thank you thank to you. all of you yeah. and the champions and there are a lot of other wineries I haven't mentioned that are champions, yeah. but I, I've been working on this for a long time. This will happen. And hopefully we're going to be the catalyst is going to bring this in and, you know, let's go figure out how to yeah. do this collectively. Mm -hmm. And I do want to meet Artie <laughs> <laughs> because I think he's also a catalyst when it comes to this collective wine efforts for sustainability and let's go do this. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks for listening. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Reuse your bottles. Thank you, guys. <laughs>